technology is so prevalent now that any kid from two years old knows how to press a button and take a photo. Anyone can do it, but like I say to the kids, just because you know how to do it doesn't mean you know how to do it well. It, there is more to it than pressing a button. So, you know, I teach them about framing their compositions. I, t I talk them about trying different angles. We talk about shot composition when we're doing video, things like that, to improve and just to take a little bit of time and a little bit of effort into what they're doing to turn something from that might be what I call a happy snap into something that's a proper work of art. Hi there and welcome to the Pondering Dam podcast, where we talk all things teaching, education, pedagogy and technology. I'm your host Danny Summerall and if you're new to the show, make sure you leave a review and share with your peers. Connect with me on Twitter, Instagram and YouTube at Pondering Dan, as well as at PonderingDan.com. So my guest today on the podcast is Joel Ahrens. Joel has been teaching officially for over 12 years in Victoria, first teaching as a classroom teacher and then in 2016 is Victoria's first full-time media arts specialist teacher for P to 6. After three years at Bentley West Primary School teaching media arts, he moved last year to Camberwell South to teach STEM and media arts. He's an Adobe education leader and a Microsoft innovative educator. His passion is pushing kids creatively. So I'm really thankful to have Joel here with me today. Hi, Joel. Hey, Dan. How you doing? Yeah, good. So we've um, crossed paths a few times over the mm. last few years and uh, we've um, interacted a fair bit through uh, Twitter and Facebook mm -hmm. and all of that sort of stuff. And I think when I first started teaching media arts at the beginning of last year, mm. I reached out and got a bit yeah. of help from you, um, which was wonderful. So thank you again for that. Yep. Um, but we're here to talk about you and a bit about your passion for media arts. So let's start with, how did you get into teaching? Well, I actually, it was around 2003, I, um, I decided to go to Taiwan. A friend of mine was in Taiwan and he was teaching there, he was teaching English and he thought, and he thought that I would, be, I would enjoy doing that. And so I went to Taiwan with the idea of maybe spending six months there, having a good time, earning a bit of money, ended up staying four years. Uh, absolutely loved it. Um, got to the point where I wanted to come back home, do my degree and do teaching properly um, at school, which I did 2007, 2008 I started teaching. So it's been, what, 12 years now that mm. I've been teaching. Um, and for the most part, I've been a classroom teacher, but I've always done a lot of tech in my classes um, where possible. Um, did a bit of genius hour um, in one of my classes as well. Played with some app apps, getting the kids to try out different things. Um, and then the media arts thing happened. Yeah. Yeah. So how did that happen? Well, it was around, so it was 2015, I think, when the Victorian curriculum was being drafted, uh, which was the sort of offshoot of the national curriculum. And there was a call out from the VCAA, which is the, um, the assessment authority, to um, get some tech-minded teachers in to talk about media arts and how that might look in primary school which was something that existed in the national curriculum, it was not yet something that existed in the Victorian curriculum. So I had an had a evening where I was talking with them and also talking with uh, fellow educators. Um, and I also got involved with Adobe, um, met Tim Kitchen, did a few workshops with him, got totally on board with their philosophy, which we can talk about later. And um, and then when media arts became a thing, uh, my school, who had lost their music teacher and, and were short a specialist subject, decided to use my um, t 
talents, if you want to call them that, um, <laughs> use my skills um, and create a media arts subject. And for three years, um, that's what I was doing full time from prep to six, uh, teaching with Adobe, but teaching with other apps as well, teaching photography, digital um, illustration, animation, video production, 3D modeling, all that sort of stuff before a lot of people were doing it. Um, and, and now I'm sort of teaching in my new school, I'm sort of teaching uh, a little bit of media arts, but also teaching STEM as well. So teaching more of those critical uh, thinking type subjects. Mm. You could almost say you're teaching STEAM now, right? Yes, almost. I, I, see, I would, <laughs> um, and that's how I introduce myself. My school though is pretty uh, insistent on calling it STEM just because they think that that the, the parent community, the outside community, understand the concept of mm. STEM more than they understand STEAM. So STEAM slash media arts is what I technically teach at the school. But yes, I would consider myself That's a STEAM a fair teacher. Call. So would you have considered yourself someone that was a media artist before teaching it? Or no. No, not really. I mean, I, I've played around with Photoshop over the years, just doing my own thing, you know, creating video covers or DVD covers and doing some basic composites and that sort of thing. I've always enjoyed photography, um, but never really thought too much about it until I, um, I bought years ago. I bought a, a proper SLR camera yeah. and did a photography course and learned a few of some fundamentals and things like that, and then really got into it and making artistic choices once the photos had been taken. Um, so for me, it's it's been such a thrill to pass on some of that knowledge and some of those skills to kids. And remember, I teach primary school, so mm. the oldest child I deal with is 12 years old um, and I have taught photography to younger kids before and it's, it's just it is mind-blowing to me um, just what they can come up with yeah because when you think about it uh, technology is so prevalent now that any kid from two years old knows how to press a button and take a photo right or press mm. a button to take a video you like see them anyone, in their pram yeah that's right anyone can do it yeah but like i say to the kids just because you know how to do it doesn't mean you know how to do it well it, there is more to it than pressing a button mm. so you know i teach them about framing their compositions I, t I talk them about trying different angles we talk about shot composition when we're doing video things like that to improve and just to take a little bit of time and a little bit of effort into what they're doing to turn something from that might be what I call a happy snap mm. into something that's a proper work of art yeah. and get the kids to really think of themselves as artists using technology. Yeah. Is that how you kind of sell media arts to students? Because I know for me personally, when I first started teaching that, mm. I found it difficult to really describe to them what media arts actually is. No, I've actually found it very easy. I say to the kids, uh, this is art done on a device. Mm. And it's as much art as painting in the... In the um, in the art room or sculpting or anything like that. It's another form of art. Um, and just because it might be easy, uh, as far as fine motor skills of pressing a button, um, there's a lot of thought that can go into it. There's a lot of uh, choices. For example, um, I've just done a, done a lesson with um, my year fours on um, black and white portraiture. So I'm saying to them, okay, yes, we could find an app that you could press a button and it turns it instantly black and white. That's not a problem. But I want to teach you about shadows, lights, vibrance. I want to tell you about contrast. I want to tell you about vignettes. I want to show you all these different choices that you can make. So you're essentially making your own filter. Mm. And that every photo is different. So depending on the light, depending on the shadow, depending on the subject, um, you might have a different different. Uh, preset or different choices that you make, different levels that you put it at for every photo. Doesn't you know? So you can't just repeat it for each one. Um, 
So just telling them about that sort of thing and giving them those sort of ideas really enhances what they come up with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they can take it to so many places. It's not just for media arts anymore yeah, once you teach those skills. And, and I've always been really uh, firm on that with the with not just the kids, but with the staff at my school as well. I say, look, the kids are learning these skills which are so transferable in the classroom. Mm. You know, I'm, when I was teaching graphic design, for example, I would say to the kids, no one really tells you how to make a poster. People just assume that kids know how to make a poster. And I must have seen in my career, same as you, thousands of oh, posters, yeah. right? And not all of them are good. And I say to the kids that the whole purpose of a poster is to communicate a message, right? And if, you, if, if it's confused, if it's jumbled, if there's not enough information or there's too much information or there's no sort of logical sequence to how this poster looks or where the eye is supposed to go, then I don't care how many fancy colours you've used or what kind of glitter that you've used, mm. you failed at making a good poster. Yeah. It's all about communication. Um, same with photography, if you think about it, same with video. So instead of the kids always presenting as a poster or a PowerPoint or something like that, you know, get them to make a video. We've just done all this stuff in class about how to, how to shoot a good video. Yeah. So they've got the skills. They just need the opportunity to be allowed to use it in class. Yeah, absolutely. And I totally agree. Um, one thing I wanted to ask about, um, I was kind of lucky because when I started doing media arts as part of my STEAM program last mm. year, I knew that you taught media arts. I'd seen your blog and I knew you had the book as well, which yep. was Confessions of a Media Arts Teacher, yep. which that's also the name of your website. It is. Um, who helped you at the start? That, obviously, your <laughs> book wasn't around then. So where did yes. you get the inspiration? What was, you know, what was difficult for um, you? And well, no one really. Um, yeah, I had to... No one was doing media arts the way that I was doing it back in 2016 as a full-time subject for four terms for kids as young as five years old to as mm. old as 12. So I sort of had to think about, okay, four terms, you know, photography in one, video in another, animation in another one, um, and graphic design in another one. So at the time, um, we were able to purchase an Adobe license for the school. Um, and I was really keen on bringing Adobe software uh, into the kids' learning, whether it was using mobile apps for the younger kids um, up to grade three, or, and then using the desktop apps, Photoshop, Illustrator, InDesign, things like that for the older kids. And it's interesting because when I first started, um, a friend of mine who was a graphic designer said that I was absolutely mad. He said, <laughs> you were going to spend way too much telling with the kids, telling them exactly how to do things, you know, press this button, then you go to here, and then you go to here, and then you go to here, rather than giving themselves time to be creative. He was a graphic designer. He knew what he was talking about, but he wasn't a teacher. Yeah. So he didn't know what I knew, which was it's not going to take the kids that long to figure it out. Mm. Um, Photoshop's a good example, right? You can um, you, you can talk about Photoshop as in it's a, it's a program that's that's taught with layers. It's one thing on top of another, right? So it might be an adjustment layer. It might be an, a, a, another picture altogether that you're creating a composite. And so I would have uh, three uh, sort of laminated sheets, one that has a block of text, one that has a background photo and one that has a shape and just showing how one goes on top of the other mm. and if you don't have, if you've got one in the wrong order then you can't see it, it doesn't mean it's not there, it means you can't see it and sh showing them like that they just, they, okay now I get what Photoshop can do yeah. and of course there are millions of things that Photoshop can do and I don't even know half of them, I, I would not consider myself an expert but I know enough to be able to teach kids at that age um, 
projects that will help them with their photography. Mm. Yeah. And I'm going to take a wild guess and say that you've got some kids in your past that have probably taught you a, a ton of things in Photoshop that you haven't worked out yeah, yourself. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. Of Always course. happens. You know, you know, they'll press the wrong button or they'll do, they'll do something else and they go, hey, look what we just did. We just changed this blending mode into this crazy thing that I've never used. Yeah. And look what we did. And we're like, oh, my God, that looks yeah. amazing. Yeah, go with that. I love that idea, though, of um, using laminated sheets to actually show tangible layers yeah. you know yeah, so yeah, kids yeah. can actually look at it and fiddle around with the different um you know the different ways it can actually work together and what does work what doesn't work i've actually never heard of that so i'm going to park that okay. and i will probably use that later yeah, yeah so yeah. is but that no, no one really helped me is, is what i'm saying i mean obviously if i'm t teaching with adobe products there is plenty of resources um like the adobe education exchange which is amazing mm. so many courses that you can do for free so many different lesson plans out there done by other educators. The problem is a lot of those lesson plans were geared towards high school students. Um, so I sort of had to scale back a lot of them and just sort of teach basic fundamentals. Um, but yeah, I just created it myself. And you know, some things didn't work. Some mm. things were a little too complex for the kids. Um, and some things really did and I still teach them to this day. I've done the same lesson, you know, four times over because it's just been such a great uh, popular lesson. Yeah, no, that's yeah. great. And so obviously that led to you becoming an Adobe education leader. Mm. Um, what does that actually mean? Well, what that means, well, there's a few sort of tiers to that. Uh, the Adobe education um, community is not the only one that I'm, pr I'm part of, but it's probably the one that I'm, I most connect with because it's all about creativity, mm. right? And to me, that is, that is the absolute pleasure of my teaching is seeing what the kids can come up with creatively. So it's a lot of creative types talking about uh, what they've done in the classroom and sharing what they've done, and it's just been amazing. Um, the, when you first get involved with Adobe, the, um, you can become a campus leader, mm. which basically means that you're um, you're an educator that shares and promotes ad Adobe software and Adobe lessons in your own uh, institution. An Adobe education leader is someone who does it outside the institution. So I have spoken at conferences, you know, mm. around the country. I have um, done plenty of webinars with Adobe and also on my own published a book as you know yeah um, and all that sort of feeds into um, feeds into what I do that doesn't mean that I'm exclusively Adobe though I use other apps as well um, but it's what I certainly know and I'm always about pushing the kids and what what they can do mm. um, so yeah it's all been about that yeah so did the a the Adobe stuff did that lead you to writing the book no, what led me to writing the book was that I kept on getting emails from uh, a lot of people. Uh, a lot Myself of included. Yourself included, <laughs> but you know what? A lot of art teachers yeah. who suddenly saw media arts as now a new branch of arts that they had to deal with. And they've got no idea what, you know, they said, well, we've got iPads, but I don't know what to do. Mm. Um, and, and I just figured, well, I'm... I'm discovering this on my own. I, I'm working this out. So I want to share what I've done. It started off as a blog, right? Yeah. And just um, feeding through, you know, the Adobe stuff that I've done, but also other apps that are free to use that don't cost anything. And just ex just, just explaining my thought process, um, going through reflections on each lesson. And yeah, got a lot of really good positive feedback on that. So, you know, some teachers came to visit me and came to observe um, different classes and took a whole lot back. So th the blog was really just about me wanting to share what I share my journey really mm. from starting from absolute scratch to having um, a pretty solid 
full year curriculum for ages five to twelve. Yeah, yeah, and it it is a brilliant blog. It is. I've I've been on there lots of times, and if you want to check it out, it's mediaartsconfessions.wordpress.com. Um, so you'll get plenty of ideas, and obviously you can buy the book through there too. Yeah, so the book is an extension of that. Um, the book is not just a replica of the website. There's also additional content. There is, uh, It comes with links with lots of... Um, uh, templates that you can download that I discuss in the blog. There's video tutorials just going step by step and different things that I've taught. Um, so yeah, a lot of additional content comes with the book. Yeah. For sure. So thinking about all the stuff you've done over the last few years with Media Arts, mm. um, right from prep to year six, do you have one project that stands out above the rest as your favourite? One project. Um, I really like, and, and this actually came from the Adobe Education Exchange when I was learning Premiere Pro and learning the basics of film editing. I really like teaching shot composition. Yeah. I really like, first of all, um, uh, showing kids clips of movies that they're very familiar with and getting them to look at it critically and not just consuming it. Like, this is a clip from the Avengers, for example, and yeah, mm. they all know it. They've all seen it a hundred times and it's cool that this happened. But let's have a look at the way it's shot. Let's have a look at the different angles. Let's have a look at the choices that have been made creatively here. Mm. Um, so, you know, I, I give them some examples of different shots. So, for example, close-up, long shot, medium shot, Dutch angle over the shoulder, all these different shots that are commonly used in film and TV. And once you know them, you see them all the time. And talk about, and we talk, we discuss um, the reasons why those different shots are employed, you know, mm. over the shoulder, for example, and how it can go wrong. You know, if you do it differently to how, how it's traditionally employed in, in film and TV, especially with over the shoulder, it, it's, it disorientates you. It, it looks a bit strange. Mm. Um, and so then they go out and they film examples of that. And then they put that together as their first big editing project using, at the time, using Premiere Pro. But right now, because we're using mobile apps, we're using um, Rush, okay. Adobe Rush, which is yeah. an app that you can use on the iPad. Um, and then with those, so I teach that in year five. So that in year six, after doing that, they then have an entire term to do a short film. Yeah. And they have to pitch the idea to me. They have to write the script, film it, direct it, edit it. Uh, source the music and the effects it has to all be royalty free stuff so they have to figure out where all that stuff is I, I help them along with that they might have some questions for me as far as effects you know I want to make myself disappear or something like that or I want to have a different kind of look so I show them how to do that and then we have a sort of award ceremony like the Oscars at the end and we, <laughs> that's we, brilliant we, we'd showcase all the movies and we, we used to have a big film night yeah. at the school and present the movies and yeah it's it, that that just, I guess that's my favourite because that's sort of, that's something like their last project in year six. So that's like the culmination of all the work they've done mm. in media arts to that point. Um, we also uh, constantly update a media arts portfolio as well. So every time they finish a term with me, the last lesson is always getting onto Adobe Spark and using Spark Page to have a basic little web page where they put in their photos and their videos and things yeah. that they've done. And that gets updated each year. So you just see the progression of their work. That's a really brilliant idea. Yeah. And I've probably just parked about three ideas <laughs> that you just said then. And I love the idea of awards night. Yeah. Because every category every category really yeah, could yeah. be one lesson that you've done in the past of course all right you know yeah, your yeah, best yeah. your best angles or best lighting or yeah. you know anything like that yeah, yeah, yeah. um and it is a lot of fun and i'm right now i'm feeling inspired to actually go back and add more of this stuff to my curriculum i mean mm. i add little things to some of the stuff that i do at the moment but mm. um 
I think you've struggled as well with time. You know, you might only get 45 yeah. minutes to an hour with a class each week and you've got to really think, well, what can I do? So I like that you've been thinking, well, let's do everything we can in year five. Mm. Year six, it's totally up to them. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously it's their choice. Yep. Um, and then that brings in that student agency as well. Yeah, I, I give them a slight, I give them a little, uh, it's sort of like a music festival where they, where they have a little idea or something. So I might say something like, um, okay, something spooky is happening in the school, go. Wow. And I actually show them a template of how, how a script is supposed to be written. You know, you capitalise the names, you know, you, you put in your actions mm. and, how, and how it all gets formatted. And then when they finish, they show me the script, but I only just really scan through it to see that they've done enough and they've, they've done a fairly good job of it. But I actually don't want to know the story until they've actually finished the film. Because what I always say to the kids is, I want to see it cold, mm. because that way you'll get my honest reaction of whether I think the film works. Because... It might make sense to you. You guys wrote it all, but if it's all just a mishmash of you guys mucking around outside and having fun with a loose story, mm. if the audience doesn't get it, then it's not really a good movie. It's just similar to the poster yeah. idea, right? So I want to see it cold. You know, like the story itself doesn't really, as long as it's school appropriate, we have a discussion about that, that, mm. you know, the principal's going to be seeing all these movies, so make sure it's something you think he's going to be happy with. Um, but, you know, I've had kids who... Um, who really go that extra mile, you know, they've actually brought in costumes, they've brought in fake blood, they've put in make face makeup and all that sort of thing because they're doing something spooky or whatever. And it's just been awesome to see. Yeah. It's just it's just the extra effort that they go to really try and make their movies sort of pop yeah. and, and appeal to people. And it makes you realise that the learning isn't just about the movies anymore. It's about other things. You know, yeah. there's artistry involved in doing makeup or costumes and, yeah. um, you know, script writing. It's writing. It's your English curriculum. Exactly. You know, um, speaking and listening. Exactly. There's right then and there, you could have one project and you're, you're able to assess those students on every part of the curriculum, pretty Absolutely. much. And yeah. I, I have um, quite often um, made these videos or these, these photos or whatever it is, um, uh, accessible to the teachers saying this is just another form of assessment for you yeah you know um, and so the teachers have really taken that on board and yeah. actually um, celebrated in their class you know in the general classroom what we've been doing in the specialist classroom and you're absolutely right like we only as specialist teachers we only have a limited time per week so it can be very very tricky to um, to have enough time to do all this sort of stuff. I have often, when, when, when there's been school events and you know classes of Mr. Tuesday or something like that, so I, I don't get that class for a Tuesday, they, they, were, they were a week behind everybody else, um, I've often given up my planning time to sit, have them in the classroom because I know that they need that extra lesson yeah. for the project that we're doing. Mm. No, it's brilliant. Happens a lot. Yeah. So my next question, so you've talked about you know one of your standout lessons. Mm. And you're obviously up to date with what's happening with technology. Um, reasonably. Reasonably. Is there one thing that you haven't tried yet um, that you would love to um, bring into your classroom, especially around that media art space? Um, yeah, a lot of stuff that's being done with um, augmented reality, I haven't done much with. Mm. Um, I'd really like to do that. There is an app, although it's part of the Creative Cloud, so it costs, so uh, I'd have to either figure out a way around that or I would um, use a similar app where you can create a 3D model and then sort of map it on a photo or a video that you that, that you are filming. Um, 
it's, it can be used a lot. For example, you might design something that's designed to be a, a mantelpiece ornament or something like that. So you visit, you're filming the mantelpiece and you can see the object virtually on the screen, the thing that you've created and the materials, you know, the 3D sort of textures that you've created mm. and the lighting and everything like that. Um, but it's not actually there in real life. It's something that you've created on your own. Yeah. Um, that sort of thing. I've also, you know, with Minecraft, I have had the kids design things in Minecraft and actually print them on the 3D printer. Yeah. Um, and I'd like to be able to do that better. Um, the way we've done it before, there's been a lot of issues with overhangs and things. Things designed in Minecraft don't actually print that well in real life unless you actually consider, you know, not having things top heavy, for example, yeah. and that sort of thing. So um, there, there's certain things that I have done that I'd like to do better, um, and the augmented reality would be an awesome thing to do. And the other thing is app design. Yeah. Um, using Adobe XD or something like that where the kids, instead of because uh, we have a whole subject we do at my school right now, which is design thinking. Mm. And that's pretty much right now 3D printing the whole way through. And we use Maker's Empire for that, which is a fantastic, fantastic, okay. uh, fantastic company from South, uh, South Australia. Um, and so kids from prep to grade six use that app. But I would like to extend the grade sixes and not just thinking about design thinking as far as 3D printing, but also about three about apps. Mm. And not talking about coding the apps, but designing the apps. Like, come up with an app that doesn't exist and actually uh, map out how that thing would look, how it would work. And they don't need to know any coding because all they need to do is create links that if you press this square, then it jumps mm. to this page and that sort of Using thing. Using PowerPoint or Keynote or something. You could, really? do, it, yeah, you could yeah. do it PowerPoint, you're right. Yeah. Um, so that sort of thing I would really like to get the kids to do because I think they'd be super engaged in coming up with their own app and how it would work. And I'd also like to make it not so freewheeling that it's whatever they want, but actually bring it into and relate it to something they're learning in inquiry, for example. Mm. You know, I know the year sixes do a whole unit on injustices, w world injustices and things like that. So what's, what's an app that you think could better the planet that could help people and how would it work? And th they would actually have to sketch it out and brainstorm mm. ideas and that sort of thing so yeah yeah it's interesting that you touch on the app development because that's actually what where i'm going at the moment with my grade eights uh, this is the first time i've taught secondary students and i had to come up with something that matched the digitech curriculum and mm. um i was doing one of the cser MOOCs online and they have one specifically for app development for grade seven and eight right um so i'll have to keep you posted about my journey with that because i'm learning it with the kids but yeah, um yeah. sounds like our thinking is very similar with yeah, that which is pretty sure. exciting actually yeah, so yeah. um um i might pop a link for that MOOC yeah um in the description for the podcast episode as well so people can have a look at it and you can also joel if you want to <laughs> <laughs> so before we wrap up i wanted to ask a little bit about well actually we talked about it before uh before we started recording a bit about your philosophy yeah yeah well yeah my philosophy like I, i've already touched on it a bit that we shouldn't be underestimating kids like i have taught photoshop to kids as young as eight years old um and i don't believe that the software should get in the way of the kids being creative yeah so um I just, my philosophy is basically never underestimate what kids can do. Mm. Um, and I usually have kids working in, in pairs or in groups. So no one's by themselves in grade four on Photoshop. Like they're, they're, they're with a partner. They have me to help them if there's something they don't know how to do. But my whole thing is, okay, kids, you tell me what it is that you're trying to accomplish and I'll show you how to do it. Mm. I'll show you those tech things about where the filter is or what layer you're supposed to use or whatever. I can show you those little things. But 
the imagination is what comes out of the kids, right? Yeah. They come up with things that I wouldn't think of. So, for example, um, I've recently had a kid in my class who's in grade three and I was showing them Photoshop Mix, which is a free app, which basically does Photoshop compositing. It's through Adobe. And she had this idea and she, she took a photo, of a close-up photo of a metal, like a one-hole metal uh, sharpener. Nice close-up photo of that. And then she got someone to take a photo of herself sort of sprawled on the ground and then cut herself out and inserted herself in the sharpener yeah. like she was trying to escape. Now, you can't teach that. That's brilliant. And yeah. I, I wouldn't have thought of that. I didn't even know where she was going when she was, yeah. when she was getting all that done. So... Um, so that's what gives me the biggest joy, right? Yeah. Is to see the things that kids come up with, with some instruction from me about how to get it done. The how-to is not the important thing for me, it's the end product. Yeah. Because that's what, that's what art's all about, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. Well, thank you so much for being part of the show, the show today, Joel. Pleasure. Um, you can find Joel on Twitter at Joel Ahrens. At uh, Mr. Joel Ahrens. Mr. Joel Ahrens, I apologise. Yes. Um, and remember to check out his website as well mediaartsconfessions.wordpress.com if you have any questions for Joel or I about today's episode you can get in touch with me um, at downatponderingdan.com and once again to help the podcast grow just like it subscribe it rate it and share it Uh, but do you have any parting words Joel? Uh, just all, always be pushing the kids always expect more from them than um, what they think they're capable of Um, and uh, and just celebrate their artistic creativity however it goes because as I say to them in art there is no right or wrong mm. it's whatever the artist is trying to accomplish and if the kids are accomplishing what they what it is they're looking out for then you can only celebrate that yeah I love that big big time celebrating creativity absolutely yeah alright well thanks again Joel thanks Dan no worries and uh, that's all for this episode until next time I'm Danny bye bye